What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleep Hawk Worldwide Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Staten, alongside the Big Hulk. It's a Big Hulk, Big Dog. Uh, really looking forward to this podcast. A lot to dissect. Uh, drama-filled ending in The Bachelorette. Can't wait. Yeah, you're right, man. We've got, uh, you know, we've had our, we just put out our most recent uh, Christmas special, which basically was our way of saying, hey, we had a couple episodes that we hadn't quite got done with yet. So here they are on our timetable, not yours. Uh, and it's been the one thing that we've missed since we last talked uh, and recorded was the Bachelorette finale. And it was a shocker. I mean, I left here talking about how it was going to come down to Bennett and Noah. And those dudes got canned within five minutes of me saying that. And then they picked old, uh, old, uh, you know, old, old, old Roger Rehab. And, uh, you know, he's been taking photos, been hanging out with Tasha's family, looking like uh, he might be on the sauce, Big Hawk. He's on the sauce. He's not fooling anybody. And uh, I saw the pics on Insta. Listen, SHWW, follow Tasha. Tasha, sup? Come on the pod. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, Zach, uh, he spent the Christmas with the family. And uh, judging from the pictures, I'm not sure if he can smile based off of his face. But uh, it wasn't like a comfortable photo. It did not look good. I can tell you, Big Hawk, I met the parents uh, over Christmas it went much better, I think. Um, I know that you have done some parents' engagements over the Christmas holiday, and I think both of us can speak to the fact that uh, this guy looked out of place, man. I'm, I'm wondering, listen, when I first started, I gave it 36 months, you know, because let's be real. They're going to try to work through some shit. You know, the, they probably are under contract that says you can't even get, not only do you have to get engagements is over, but you can't even get divorced for like, Two years. I mean, this is probably all just part of the financial arrangement they've sold their soul to. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know, man. You can't judge a book by its cover, but that picture, if a picture's worth a thousand words, um, they weren't very good words. One thing I know from my experience, uh, love is blind. Um, and we don't know, I mean, you know, we might, you know, that might be something that Tasha's dealing with right now. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, I had somebody come home and meet the parents, uh, the fact checker, the fact checker. Uh, she came to Kentucky and met the family. I set my brothers down before and I said, listen, you, I need you guys on your absolute best behavior. Um, we're not bringing out the secrets, we're not, we're not bringing out the demons. And sure enough, they, uh, they behaved really well. They only took eight shots of tequila and uh, really made their presence known. Um, a couple but, shots of a rifle. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. If Zach was in the building, there would have been more than alcohol in that thing. <laughs> he would have been felt just at home. <laughs> Poor guy, man. And we're pulling for you, Zach. We know you're listening out there, man. We're not uh, We're not belittling you. Um, I guess, actually, we, we, we very much are. Uh, but like I said in the last episode, like, political correctness out the window is like we don't come to the bachelor for you know um for a make a wish foundation story we come to the bachelor for the drama yeah, we come here for the real stuff i mean we want drama this is what makes the airways we don't want the you know all the the do's and don'ts and the correctness uh listen that's not going to happen here i mean we if there was more shit to happen or more drama. That's what we want. And Zach, don't take this personally. It's all a joke and it's all fun. But uh, you might be on the sauce still. I mean, we're on the sauce right now. To be quite honest with you, we're on a uh, we're on a little tasting spree here of some of the various spirits that were uh, made available. We're going to get into that a little bit. Me and me and the Big Hawk, we uh, we've taken to uh, our, our bourbon collecting and whiskey tasting, collecting all that sort of stuff. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we want to get into some of the do's and don'ts of that later, as well as some of the pain in the assness of it. Uh, but yeah, before I move on, I got into my own, uh, meet the parents, um, over the weekend and, you know, I think it went kind of well, um, just saying, but yeah, it's always an interesting, uh, situation. Of course, my parents, fortunately, I'm, I've, I've got this baked in, like, this is just like I planned it. My parents live on the other side of the world, which is great for me. Love my parents. But what a circus when I bring people around my family. Um, so I dodged that bullet. And, and basically, all I had to do was show up and, like, you know, keep it together um, for my thing. And, and I, think it, I, think, I think it went pretty well. Old, old, uh, old Sleep Dog's out here out kicking his punt coverage, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, meeting the parents, that's a, that's a big commitment. I mean, that's a – you know, we all, whenever we meet the parents, um, from my perspective, it's like, hey uh, – do not do this. Please don't do that. But I've been pretty lucky. Uh, my girlfriend, the fact checker, fact checker is uh, pretty easygoing. And so she's not easily offended. Um, so I felt very comfortable. Um, but I know she might have been nervous uh, just because I kind of built up it. I feel like no one knows their family better than their family. So they've seen them at their worst and what could possibly go wrong. And we always have, oh, I wonder if this happens. I wonder if this happens. Um, but uh, I will say my brothers are pretty rowdy. And, uh, you know, well, Greg got after it a little bit. And Greg doesn't drink. Um, so things got interesting. My uncle was in town. Uh, he got after it, too. And so uh, it was an interesting uh, Christmas. Um, and uh, But all in all, she liked the parents. My parents loved her. So it went real well. And... Uh, you know, you, you, when you're bringing in somebody to meet the parents, it's always a weird, I don't know, it's kind of a, I don't know, I don't know, sleep. Break it down for me. I mean, you said all along, man, love is love. There's no definition, no timetable for love, you know? Um, I've got a great, I mean, I've got a, I've got just a bona fide icebreaker in my family. And uh, some of our loyal listeners know who she is. My aunt is, uh, aunt, as it may say here in the South, um, even though I'm from the South, uh, it's just weird. My, I'm not really related to anybody with a bunch of legs. But anyway, um, <laughs> my aunt Darlene, man, is my mom's oldest sister. She's uh, 69 years old, and she's lived with my parents for like, gosh, a long time, uh, almost 20 years now. And when my parents moved overseas, she lives now with uh, with my aunts and other aunts or whatever. And uh, her name's Darlene, and she's mentally handicapped. So I'd say uh, she's probably it's like I don't know. She's she's older, and I don't think there was ever like any sort of official diagnosis. I would imagine that maybe it's like some sort of spectrum related autistic type thing. But um, man, she's the greatest. And you bring um, she has like some of these subtle nuances. And one of the best parts about uh, bringing someone new is she'll just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And like you know if any normal human being that is like meet someone new for the most part, you know, they're trying not to be rude. So they're not going to just, uh, like just walk away in the middle of the con, but like with Darlene, you have to, right. So, um, it's, it's just kind of comical. Me and my dad usually play this game, see how long someone goes before they pick up on it. Cause man, she'll trap you and just, I mean, she'll talk to you until you just like literally you're forced to just walk away or someone comes in and bails you out. Uh, but man, she's got, you know, she's got some great stories. Um, she's, she's a big fan of telling like a really poorly timed, um, like adult joke 
and they just hit every time. Uh, there's just so many legendary stories I could go into about Darlene, but she's she's just a natural deal breaker. And then, like, if you're ever nervous, it just makes it really easy because she's so she has no no chill, just zero, one to a hundred, real quick. Uh, gonna get to know you. Gonna know your brother. Gonna know your sister. Gonna know your mom. Gonna know their middle names, their birthdays, their addresses. You're gonna write them letters. She's gonna take care of all that shit, so that I can just focus on. Um, you know, making it through this thing without any alcohol. But you're right, Big Hawk, like uh, holidays, man. There's a real test in a relationship, especially early on. I'm going through it. Big Hawk has uh, has been through it. And uh, so far, so good. We'll see if we can make it a Valentine's Day. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> this is a good point. Um, so I met the I met her parents uh, over the summer, and uh, her, her dad happens to be a huge uh, Kansas fan. And uh, my girlfriend knows, like, we lost to Kansas at the Final Four in San Antonio. And so Kansas to me is, you know, I grew up a Missouri Tiger fan, never liked Kansas. And then the fact that they beat me at the Final Four my junior year, I mean, I I couldn't hate them worse. And it just felt like there's so many damn Kansas fans out there. Well, anyways, we're talking and somehow it got up. I was like, yeah, when we lost to San Antonio to Kansas and her dad goes, Oh, I thought, I thought we couldn't talk about that. <laughs> and I kind of laughed because I know that I knew that my girl had told her dad, he's like, please don't tell him you're like, don't overdo the whole Kansas, uh, fan stuff. And I thought that was so funny to me because he got so excited because he wanted to, he wanted to talk a little trash about the Jayhawks, but that, that one really made me laugh. That's hilarious. And it's funny for me, like my, my girlfriend's parents are so nice. I j- literally just met them for the first time like a week ago. God, I hope Cam skips this episode, by the way. We're toast when this guy when this guy picks it up. Um, but, uh, man, I met him the other uh, – I met him a couple days ago. And the, I met her dad once just, just very briefly as we were like dropping something off at, at our house or something. And uh, we left – and her dad texted her and said, Brandon is nice. He looks like a movie star. Kid you not. And I didn't let that, that shit die. You know, so I'm like, well, which movie star? You know, I'm asking her. And uh, like, who did he say I looked like? And I see her type and I'm just like, I can only imagine. You know, you, I mean, say you look like a movie star is like, that's a huge fucking win, right? Uh, she texts me back and guess who she said? Just take a guess at who, what movie star I look like. Seth Rogen. Dude, that's exactly what I said. And and uh <laughs> I was joking. I was too. Yeah, I was like, oh, being like humble, like belittling myself. She said fucking John C. Riley. All right, I'm at the Google John C. Riley. Step brothers. Oh Google my yeah, goodness. Yeah. And and then I was like fucking mortified, you know? And then I realized then she she like just let it sink just just long enough. And she was like, I'm just kidding. What she had done when I asked that question oh, is she great. Googled, that is she Googled the ugliest actors and Steve Buscemi came up first. Thank God she didn't. I mean, I probably just fucking jumped off a bridge. But uh, yeah, anyway, her dad said I look like Christian Bale and that opened up the question. First of all, I look fucking nothing like Christian Bale. Uh, but then it opens up the question like which movie, right? I mean, this dude's played everything from, I don't know. Anyway, it was just comical, Dark man. Dark Knight. Yeah, that's me. Dark Knight. Uh, Cam get really jealous. He went from from uh, from laughing at me to just being super jealous of me because I look like Batman. But anyway, man, it's a, it a win-win for me. Um, like I said, I'm pretty sure my um, 
my girlfriend is way out of my league, uh, which is great for me. Um, not for her so much, but uh, and then her parents like me. So I mean, I'm just uh, you know just following the yellow road here, and uh, you know heading into 2021 with a head of steam. But yeah, so anyway, that's our real life bachelor. I mean, is is uh, sometimes. Truth is stranger than fiction, they say. Yeah, meeting the parents is so funny. I mean, everyone's got their own story, but uh, that's that's a pretty good prank. I mean, that was a funny one. That one got me laughing. But I remember it's so funny when you meet the parents because, you know, you, you're on your best behavior, a little nervous. And uh, I remember uh, my girlfriend's mom, she's, she's in a gardening, so she has all like her garden in the back. And I have like two plants in my whole house. I have a snake eyes plant. I have a ZZ plant. And I happen to see that she has a ZZ plant in her kitchen. And so I'm like, oh, is that a ZZ plant? <laughs> and that just is like, oh, it is. And so that just started a conversation, you know, just little things like that. And then so she took me out to the garden and showed me the herbs and like what she uses. I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, oh, shit, I'm in way too deep now. You know, it means, yeah, we, we got to get one of these in our backyard. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go the uh, yeah some some sophisticated shit that you got to water water three times a day, and all of a sudden you're uh, you're in way too deep. You're googling uh, Martha Stewart videos, trying to figure out how to impress her mom. Have you ever like so? I mean, all the way dating back to like when I was in high school, and you know, first you know had a girlfriend or whatever. Like that, I know of man. I've always been pretty well liked by the parents, um, if they only knew. But I feel like I'm pretty good. Maybe, hey, maybe Zach's not the only car salesman in town. Um, Lindsay, I hope you, you know, took a took a bathroom break or something during that little comment. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it usually usually goes pretty decent for me. But uh, and I haven't ever really had any parents that I didn't like. I don't yeah, think. you know, we've both been lucky. I mean, also me and you both. I feel like we're both good guys. Just well, switch like flippers too. Yeah, guys, we have good hearts. By the That's way, That's right. And I would have loved to seen. Uh, my girlfriend and her dad. I wonder if they saw me walking through the garden with her mom as she was showing me the different like herbs and tomatoes and like, oh look at him. <laughs> She's got them through the garden She's now, got like now. looking through the uh, <laughs> through the blinds, tasting like, tomato, eating tomatoes right off the vine. I got the grape. I'm watching up. Oh yeah, this one's real sweet, <laughs> really good. It's, it's got delicious. more daylight than the other ones. Oh, this must be 18 year. Uh, yeah, man, it's always a always a, a a roller coaster ride, and uh, you know. So anyway, we're all still living to tell about. It. We got our fact checker here behind us, uh, cutting us some sideways looks. So probably a great time to move on. Um, you know, one of the things that Tyler had mentioned uh, at my birthday dinner last night was a possibility how bad he wanted to get a lie detector test. I told him that was probably a, one of the top five worst ideas I've ever heard. So hopefully, puts that one to bed. Yeah, if hey, if you guys are in a relationship and you ever want to like, you know, really get down to the nit and grit and things, like get a lie detector. And I said that as a joke. I was like, hey, we should get a lie detector and everyone get f- five questions, and we should hire like a former police officer, FBI agent, whatever lawyer, whoever knows how to really do it. And you get five questions, and you can just see anything you want. Nothing's off the table. And we'll see. We'll see what's up. And uh, sleep looked at me. He's like, yeah, "I'm not sure about that." And uh, <laughs> I don't even know. See, here's the thing, man. I wouldn't even want to know, like, because the questions you're gonna if you get five questions or some some set amount of questions. I mean, I'm probably gonna ask something that I'd like. I'm gonna wish she lied about. You know what I mean? I'm not even gonna want the truth. I'm gonna want if if the truth is 
you know, what you don't want it to be. I mean, sometimes you can't ask, don't ask questions you don't want to answer to. And with a lot of detector tests involved, the only time you're going to see me on one of those suckers is if uh, I'm trying to duck a charge, uh, which I don't plan on uh, being involved with. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, women don't need lie detectors. Women were born with those wires. I mean, they just, uh, they they could smell a lie from the moon. I mean, there's no lying to a chicken getting away with it. Listen, if you see the big hawk doing a lie detector test, I've done, I've done got myself in so much shit. And this is like got to be code red. Like, help me. I would have five lawyers in yeah, that room. Give me an attorney. Like, advising me. I would be sitting there learning how to lower my heart rate. And it, listen, it's not going to be good when you put the big, yeah. big hawk on a lie detector. Yeah, somebody go grab a shovel and, and, and dig up Johnny Cochran and set him across the table because uh, I'm going to need him. Listen, I think if you honestly, though, if you dig deep enough on anybody, everybody's going to have something that. No one's perfect. No one is what you want them to be. Like that's, and also that makes what people are great. Like I wouldn't. Everyone has something that you know they're may not be lying about, but if you dig deep enough, you know you're not gonna like everything on everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably Maybe right. We go to the next Maybe section. We'll move on here. There we go. All right, love language. So so this is a good. Uh, so so here's a great segue away from this so on the way over here to shoot the podcast i get speaking of like some of these like interrogative you know questions my girlfriend says hey what's your love language and i'm like okay this is getting serious you know what i mean like because you can't you can't um if a girl guys any guys listen out here if a girl asks you about your love language man you better not belittle that shit because i think they take it serious so um so i said pizza uh that that was got a little chuckle, but then it was like, no, seriously. And then the next thing I got was a link to the love language test, right? So Lindsay, if you're listening, like I have literally been answering questions about uh, I'm pulling it up right now on my phone. Literally, it says it's more meaningful to me when, and then it gives you two options. And I swear to God, I've been clicking on these for a half an hour, like trying to finish this thing. Like this one says, it's meaningful to me when and you get two options. My partner helps me out especially if I know they're already busy or I hear my partner specifically tell me, quote, I appreciate you. This thought I have officially been on the planet for 37 years now. You know how many times big hawk, this thought has ever crossed my mind. Zero. I have no idea how to answer this question and they're all the same and they're trick. Like I think at the end of it, it's going to tell me what my love language is. Um, and I feel like this is a test I got to pass. I've never liked a test in school, out of school. Listen, if there's a language that I that I know, it's, it's somewhat English. <laughs> and if you try to ask me multiple languages involved with love, uh, that's, listen, guys, I, I lived in China for like every winter playing basketball, and I could say hi and bye and thank you. If you try to get me on some love stuff, I, I may not like it. Listen, I'm an open book and I'm, I lead with my heart and you know, language. I love like, here's my language and my emotions. I guess I'm emotional. Hey man, me too. Um, so I'm really interested. Well, I'm be careful here. Uh, yeah, I'll say I'm interested to find out what my love language is. Um, and I uh, can't wait to just pass that along in the next episode. And, and I'm, I'm sure it'll really fortify who I am as a person once I've, you know, unlocked that deep 
deeply held secret, um, you know, to share share with uh, my girl there. So anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just the bachelor, I think, has, has really changed me. Um, you know, it's really, really sent me to Simpville. I'm, I'm showing symptoms, as they say. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm here for it. I mean, 2021 is going to be my year. I think 2020, you know, sucked from COVID standpoint, but hell, I had a, a lot of great things happen to me and I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, 2021 because if the ball keeps rolling and I can do shit, I mean, I'm really gonna be pretty, pretty excited about that. Everybody's had symptoms. I mean, we all are best friends. We've all put on a little bit of a show for somebody out there. I mean, I remember, uh, back in the day, me and my boys wanted to go see it. A, like a, a movie and uh, we walk into a movie and there's I'll be damned if Cam one sent in front row with this like with his girlfriend at the time dressed to the like dress I've never seen Cam dress like this he 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 had a side I don't know what it is where you comb over oh yeah, yeah dude he used to have that uh that thing where they like cut they 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 drill apart it looks like he got hit with a belt sander right about three o'clock across the side of his head yeah, they forgot to put the guard on the the clipper before they did it, and they just went zoop. And uh, he had the comb over, and he he had flowers. He'd given her flowers, and it was just like a big spectacle. And the worst thing he could do is like three or four of his best friends show up. And so, I mean, it was great. I mean, we've all had symptoms, but uh, it gets the best of us sometimes. I yeah. mean, love makes you do crazy things, period. Yeah, Cam loves getting his hair cut at great clips, and he comes out looking like good clips or high <laughs> clips, you know, and uh, and then he's got to do a little fixer-upper on it to uh, to get himself back in the game. And, yeah, I've, I've seen Cam simping around town. I yeah. mean, Cam knows, Cam knows I'll simp around town. I'm not afraid to simp, but uh, – just because you just because you have symptoms doesn't mean you're a simp. Yeah, I mean Cam. I mean he's had some questionable haircuts. I mean I saw him come out of Snapper Lawn Services after his last cut, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I told him I was like Jesus Christ, where are you going? And, uh, and he said uh, Supercuts, and I said, man, you need to go to. Uh, Super duper cut. I don't, it was some <laughs> bullshit, guys. And uh, you know, I tell you what, <laughs> he got his haircut on the back of a Humvee running through the damn Sahara Desert. Edward Scissor's hands coming over to his house and just chopping him up like a bonsai tree. <laughs> oh, looked like a chia pet where you couldn't get half of the shit to grow. Yeah, man, he uh, he's had some uh, some real buzz saws get after him. And um, but I'll be honest, man, I've uh, I've hit great clips a time or two myself and. I tell you what, man, I don't know what's up with the people in that place, but they clearly bought their, uh, got their, uh, what do you call that when you get uh, a license for that shit? They clearly got it online at Walmart, uh, Sally's Beauty Supply, some shit like that. Hey, what in the hell is up with the barbers or the, like, I don't know, the barber salons in the area? It's just like they don't really know how to cut hair around here. It's not like a women's cut, like a men. Like mm-hmm. we try to get simplest, like a fade, or even like uh, you know, fade the sides in. We don't just need a straight line at the sideburns, and then you know we got this abnormal like. We don't want the sideburn hair as long as the top of the hair. We just want like a fade in there. Nobody can seem to do that around here. But if you go to bigger cities like New York, L.A., you know, any city, they have these cutters that are just so damn good. And then I come back here and it's like I'm going to somebody that, 
you know, taking 15 NyQuil's and then they give them a damn blade and they're like, here, have at it. You know, the good thing is like two bucks, but you go in there and everybody laughs at you for a week until your hair grows and you need another haircut by the time it's like normal. Look like you're about to get deployed. Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, all right. So this is the most, I mean this in the most LGBTQ way possible, but this is my secret code, man. You want a good haircut as a man. You got to get it from a gay guy and i'm telling you man i don't mean that in any way condescending whatsoever i am dead fucking serious i've been to major cities you go get a haircut and i'm talking these dudes will charge you they will bang you up for a haircut i'm talking a hundred bucks right but you will look at you will leave that place looking like ricky martin in his fucking prime i agree with you and the thing is is listen suck it up put your ego at the door go into uncomfortable place if it requires a haircut because there's nothing worse than getting a whack job and having all your boys roast you <laughs> for three weeks after and you know listen here's a bit of advice get your haircut on a monday or a tuesday because by the time the weekend gets around it's done grown out a little bit enough to where they can't really tell but they can kind of tell so the brunt of the jokes won't be that bad but if you going out on that weekend you get your hair cut on a friday Mm-mm. you played yourself that's right amen that's, a, that's a, i mean as you as you always get when you tune in uh you're gonna get some life skills some enhancements to your life skills you're gonna get some really some just need to know information and what big hawk just shared with you is prime among some of the most important lessons you could ever learn as a man in life if you get your hair cut immediately before whatever the hell it is reason you're getting your hair cut for you messed up, dude, because there's no margin for error. And as we've just discussed, there's a high degree of error in the industry. So you got to be smart in that. Yeah, I mean, know the game. Also, don't go in Sunday morning. Listen, Saturday night, majority of the chances, nobody wants, majority of the chances, nobody wants to work on that Sunday morning. They're pissed off about being in there. Listen, if you go in to get a haircut on a Sunday morning, you played yourself. You fucked up. Listen, I've been to a barbershop on Sunday morning. I left. I looked like I got fucking ran over by a dumpster. <laughs> Don't fucking do it. That's a great call. And those old man barbershops, as endearing as they are, man, you got to be careful in there. Them dudes couldn't see. Uh, they can't see anything. Hell, they can't see the fucking sun. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if, they, if they got fucking bifocals on, you played your damn self, okay? They're sitting there with the bifocals. And also, if you go in a barber shop and everybody's sitting around, and you got one chair with one barber sitting there, he's like, hey, you want your haircut? Nah, man, I'm good. Listen, I'm not going to next available. Give me everybody but this guy. Uh, why are you? Why does nobody want to see you? Yeah, just ask him. Hey, no, nah, I was actually just trying to make an appointment. That's how you can get your way out of it. Yeah, I was just wondering what you got this Sunday after never uh, and get the hell out of there. And, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – man, this is great. I like, I like this is a lifestyle. We're, we're, we're bridging into the lifestyle here. So I really think we're going to expand what we got going on. I got a great uh, – Great spot to get my my cuts here in Raleigh uh, that I'm that I'm pretty form- familiar with because like they give me the same shit every time, right? Yeah, I got fixed a little bit, but I know how to fix it, right? So I, I can live with that. Um, and I also got a lot of hats too, so those always help. Um, but I tell you something I'm not satisfied about, and that is fantasy football. Just hard stop and shift into man, Big Hawk. I know you're not a huge football guy. But my team this year was fucking loaded, and no one showed up to play. It looked like the Tar Heels, 
are going to look on the uh, Orange Bowl, which we're going to get to. Just nobody came to play. I got all. I just just absolutely steamrolled my way to the championship and just got blown out. Listen, I first of all, I love the NFL. I am not a fan of college football because it like nobody knows about a college football game is forty five minutes longer than an NFL game. They're too damn long. Period. But I'm all in on fantasy. I had a loaded team. I had a loaded team. And it happens every year. I have a good draft, and I fuck myself. I try to over-GM my team. I overcoach my team. And uh, listen, some friendships were lost in our fantasy football league this year. And it's not like a big deal, but, you know, the fact that, you know, I have a, a problem is, uh, you know, I'm honest. And somebody didn't set their lineup, and the guy that they didn't put in had like, you know, 10 points in the middle of the first quarter. And all of a sudden, I look at the group text. It's like, hey, I accidentally for, I meant to set this guy in, but he's still on my bench. Not nah, nah. I mean, and I said, no, man, sorry, snooze, you lose. And, you know, things got heated. And then so words were said. Uh, and so, you know, I, I wasn't like overly mad about it. It wasn't a big deal to me. But it made me that much more into fantasy football. I was like, all right, I want to kick, I want to kick his ass now. I want to, I want to win the damn league. And my team got into the playoffs, but I got bounced early. And I went back and forth on Leonard Fournette, whether to play Leonard Fournette, whether to play him or not, because the running back was out. And I set his ass on the bench, and I played Scary Terry for the Red for the Washington Football Club. Ooh. And old Scary, he had – I mean, he scares me with his fantasy scores. I guess that's why I call him Scary, because he didn't put up a touchdown in – it seems like since week two, and uh, old scary, he sent my ass home. And uh, Russell Wilson, I thought he was gonna be the Mahomes of the year, going off the the first four or five weeks. I came out of the gate strong, and I just got buried. Man, I literally, as a, as you were saying that, uh, dude, scary Terry is. You know, I'm a I'm a Washington football team fan. Uh, lo- I love scary Terry. So glad they dumped Dwayne Haskins. Uh, literally just trying to talk about the Washington football team while I pull up my roster here, uh, which is, uh, of course, taking a second. But my team, okay, Kyler Murray, Derek Henry, Montgomery, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, Tyreek Hill. Uh, dude, on the bench, I had D.J. Moore, Brandon Cooks. I had Noah Fant. I picked up Jalen Hurts. I, I mean, dude, my team, uh, some of the scores here. Um, let's see. It's worth waiting for. I promise. Promise it's worth waiting for. Uh, don't really know how to work the app, which um, might have had something to do with it. Anyway, dude, I'm just blowing people out left and right, left and right, left and right. Last game of the season, uh, just a straight dud. I mean, these guys, Kyler Murray, second lowest score of the year. Derrick Henry, second lowest score of the year. Uh, A.J. Brown, I mean, where was that guy? Tyreek Hill, lowest score of the year. And, I mean, I just got pummeled. I had scored no less than 100 points in any game. Standard league, no less than 100 points in any game. All season long, I scored 89 in the championship. 
And it wasn't even because my guys didn't play. You know, sometimes you wind up in a situation where you got like Pat Mahomes and they just lock it up and they're like, ah, we're going to let this guy play. That's what happened the next week. Anybody that's playing the championship this coming week, Pat Mahomes ain't playing. Good luck, bucko. Um, yeah, man, it just it drives me nuts. Um, you know, it was a money league. I, I made some money. First place in the regular season. First place points. Most most weeks with top points. So, I mean, I did okay money-wise. But then I got my man, shout out to my man, Ben Sloan. Uh, he came in. Uh, we let eight teams in the playoffs. Naturally, Ben got the eighth seed and winds up winning the fucking championship. You don't deserve it, Ben. I mean, I love you, man, but um, you should probably cut me a check. Yeah, I will say you guys do head-to-head. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see. We got rid of that in my league. Uh, I think it should be a point system just based off that because the best team wins. I think if – if you're doing eight teams, first of all, eight teams is generous. Uh, uh, we had four started, and the top two points advance. But I think honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to if you had four teams in the playoffs, and then you have a playoff, and the highest point total of those two weeks was the champion of the fantasy football league. I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah, I I, I get bummed because it boils down to luck right like i mean dude my team is just insane and you should win but there you know but but part of the fun of it is is everybody's got a chance you just get in there and uh who knows and uh big fan of the auction draft so so the problem i have in fantasy football Aside from, you know, the luck involved. I mean, there's luck involved in everything. There's luck involved in regular sports. You know, your best – Tom Brady gets his, you know, ACL torn the first game of the year. Like, you know, the Patriots ain't going to do shit like they did that year. Um, but, uh, you know, the big thing I, I'm a big fan of that I can't believe more leagues won't do. I tried to lobby for this in my fantasy basketball league, and I couldn't believe that people just weren't into it is an auction draft. It's like, hey, man, you got you think you can scout? You get whoever you want that you're willing to pay for. The snake draft really can 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 screw you. Like I, I wound up, you know, basketball. I just had a basketball draft a week ago, and there were a lot of players that I I'm like that are right next to me in my queue, and somebody grabs them right before me, you know, and and that's because the snake draft. I mean, I guess that's like, hey, the argument is that's how the real draft works, right? Um, I don't know. Just always been a fan of auction because hey, you can put your money where your mouth is. You want somebody, you go get them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the auction, for, by the way, people who've done auction drafts, it's it's the best way to do fantasy because you have people who value players at an, like an absurd rate, and then you'll see people dropping, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, like sixty, you know, whatever yeah. your limit is. If you have a two hundred dollar budget, and then you're dropping sixty bucks on Ezekiel Elliott and he just had the year that he had you're like oh no it just really screws people and then also you get like I got Dalvin Cook Mm -hmm. and I think I got Dalvin Cook in the mid-20s yeah and it just shows you who's done their work and who hasn't and also who overvalues players yeah and you got to make that money stretch and it's that much better but also we do a keeper league too we do an auction draft and then we do a keeper you can keep one player but you add five dollars to that salary and it's a great way to do it it's just so different the snake draft is just such a you know it's it's pretty. It's for amateurs, to be honest with you. I feel like fantasy football has evolved into like everyone knows how to play it. We do our homework. You know what the players are worth. 
then put your money where your mouth is. And also it like makes it that much more interesting. Yeah. And I, I think the, 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 so I'm in a couple of leagues, football and in basketball where we have keepers in a snake draft format. And basically, basically the only rule is, is you got to keep them one round higher than you drafted them the year prior. So the rule isn't bad. Right. Uh, and you can keep them indefinitely, but I've also played, I used to play fantasy baseball and I tell you, dude, we talked about big roll. Shout out to big roll. Big roll, I'm telling you, is is one of the best fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball players in the world. I mean, dude, this guy gets it on fantasy baseball. And he used to play in a league where it was auction draft, and everybody was on an ABC contract. So it was really, really interesting. So, like, say for example, let's not let's not use baseball because as we've discussed, nobody gives a shit about baseball. Let's let's look at like football this year. Uh, who was a breakout player? I don't know. Um, I would say Dalvin's up there. Uh, also, you can look at um, who's the guy, Tannehill. So, yeah, Tannehill was, was yeah. where I was going to go. Let's say you drafted Tannehill for five bucks. Like, perfectly conceivable. Uh, maybe, okay, let's say you drafted him for five bucks last year. All right. He decided to hang on to him. And so the parameter was you have a minimum number of keepers. So, in other words, you have to keep some, a small amount. And then. A max. So if you got a loaded ass team like I got, I can't just keep everybody because your salaries, your salary cap is going to stay the same. So theoretically, if you could keep everybody, you could just keep the same team, and you can see why that won't happen. So what what winds up happening is you got guys on an A, B, and C contract at whatever the price was that they were that they were drafted at. So if you get Tannehill last year at five bucks, you can keep him this year at five bucks, and he's on a B contract, so you can keep him next year at five bucks. And what winds up happening is, let's say you got Tannehill this year at five dollars on a B contract, um, you could theoretically trade a guy like Ryan Tannehill for a guy like Derrick Henry, and the, and the trade makes sense. And so what it does is great at like to say the guy that's got Derrick Henry is just out of it. That's the only guy he's got. If you got Derrick Henry and your team ain't in it, something's wrong with you. But let's just, for the sake of argument, I could legitimately trade you Derrick Henry so that you can try to win now. And I can get Tannehill because I'm going to have Tannehill at quarterback next year for $5. And I'm going to have a ton of salary cap. So it's just a more realistic way, uh, I think, to um, – and then what happens is any let's – say, let's say Tannehill sucked. Or let's say Derrick Henry, you had him at forty bucks, and you didn't want to keep him. He just goes back into the free agent pool. If nobody trades him, you can you can release him. So can you trade a, an A contract for a C contract? Absolutely, really. Yeah, All right. yeah. So it's it's almost it's just like in real sports where you know you try to dump an expiring contract. So like if it's basketball, and let's say I paid sixty bucks three years ago for James Harden. I mean that's a James Harden's a great player but I paid market value for him. And let's say there's somebody here at the end of the season who's got, you know, um, what's his name? Wiseman, we were just talking about. Let's say somebody drafted Wiseman for 10 bucks, You know, and I think, hey, Wiseman's the guy of the future. I'm out of it, but I got James Harden. I'll give this dude James Harden for Wiseman. This trade is totally lopsided. I don't care what kind of season this guy has. But Harden has to become a free agent at the end of the year. This guy says, hey, this is my chance to win now by adding Harden to my team. And I say, hey, I'm out. But I got a couple of pieces, and this guy would be a nice addition. I'm going to hang on to him next year at 10 bucks, and that's how kind of the strategy works. Yeah, you can't do that in the NBA, though, because you would have to make it work uh, money-wise because the salary cap would be – so if you trade a yeah. draft pick for, like, James Harden, so who's on, like, I don't know, he's got, you know, $20 million, you'd have to get the numbers at least kind of decently. You'd have to add pieces, so you would do that uh, – 
in your fantasy, or you yeah. your fantasy doesn't really do it. Like, so you can take an A and trade him for a C, and then they swap. He takes that salary on. Yeah, so you ha- you have to have the salary cap. What is the salary cap? So the salary cap and it's is a hard cap. So what winds up obviously. happening is generally, generally, yeah, it's a hard cap. But what happens is, like at the All Star break, generally a league will increase its salary cap by X amount. What so is that your these trades league can salary cap? So I don't have. I'm not in a league with it. But for example, let's say that the salary cap is. Uh, Oh gosh! Let's just say a hundred dollars. Okay, and then you have a player for ten, and then so you're you have the salary. You have a player for ten, mm-hmm. and the salary cap is a hundred. So you can't trade that guy for uh, for a thirty buck salary cap right. guy because you're missing by twenty dollars. Yeah, the salary cap would be capped at a hard cap. Unless you add other players into the deal or make three-way trades, which also happens to make the money work. Or just wave a bunch of guys and then pick right. up people off waivers right. for real cheap. And, right, and what can also happen is, like, say at the All-Star break, the salary cap goes from 100 to 120 to allow for these trades to happen. But at the draft and at every point before that, you have to be under 100. Yeah, see, that, that, that makes so much sense to me because it's so much more engaging and it takes a lot more thought. So you get these salary caps and it's actually like kind of managing your own team so let's say you want a dalvin cook you mm-hmm. have a hard salary cap at a hundred dollars dalvin cook is thirty dollars but you're trading a wide receiver who you have under salary for 15 and you take and you're at the salary cap at a hundred you have to waive a few players to take on dalvin and then get cheaper guys to get within that salary cap. You right. cannot go under. First of all, hard salary cap is if you have $100 and the, the salary cap is $100, you cannot go over $100 of your budget. That is what a hard salary cap mm-hmm. means for pe- if people don't know. And so you would have to figure out ways to get with under or at that 100 to uh, make it work. Yeah. A great example, I just thought of this, is Jalen Hurts right now. You know, he's a guy that – you know, he first of all, a guy like Jalen Hurts becomes draftable for a dollar, right? At the end of a draft, and you 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 throw the dart and see if what happens, what has happened, happens, and now all of a sudden, you got Jalen Hurts at a dollar, and he's absolutely getting kept next year, right? Because even if he sucks, you know, you drop him, right? Um, there's also, you know, a lot of leagues uh, have free agent bids, right? And, and, and so when you when you pick up a free agent, you know, they have to carry a salary too, uh, and, and they that salary gets dictated by the fab bid, the free agent bid. Um, so yeah, I, I just like it because it's just a lot of moving parts. It's more realistic. It keeps everybody. I mean, you might be Owen forever. But you're still in it because you're building for next year. If you say, and we had someone made this argument when I brought up the keeper thing, the auction draft in basketball, they were like, "Well, hell, it it suck. It's gonna be kind of hard if you don't keep if one of the teams decides they want to drop." Bullshit, man. I did a I did a keeper league last year in in football, and same thing that you were saying. Some some guys started like just complaining about some dumb shit, and I was just like, "Look, guys, I'm too old for this. I'm out." Right? Um, and I left a roster that had like Calvin Ridley draftable in like the 13th round, and and there was a couple other really good. My team sucked the year before, but I did what I had to do to put myself. I had like a couple extra draft picks, and I had Calvin Ridley, and I, I can't remember who else it was, but I had some good players that you could draft late rounds. I would have been glad to walk into that team. And the guy that took my team over dropped Calvin Ridley. So, uh, you know, it, anyway, it's just, it's, it, it, it works on a number of levels, and it, it at least credits more, I think, 
someone that that kind of knows what they're doing that's done their homework as opposed to like oh I got stuck with like a a, a spot in the snake draft where I can't have back to back picks or you know I just you know everybody just gets the, I get the rug pulled out from under me right before I choose each round. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you if you guys really want to find out who your friends are, start a fantasy football Lord league with all your close friends. You would be amazed some of the questions that people ask or what they want to do, especially if there's a little bit of money involved. I mean, I mean, we had uh I think a 10 league and now it's an 8 league and it keeps getting smaller and smaller and you know, I don't like you know, I have no problem being in a fantasy football league. Um with non-friends that used to be friends. Like I like to compete. So it adds a whole new dynamic. I consider that like a rival. So I'm looking forward to all these games because I want to beat everybody's ass. Yeah. There's not a season. I can't think that I've ever played fantasy that some friendships didn't get tested. Some friendships got tested hard and some friendships were lost. Um, like Jordan said in the, uh, in the last dance, man, winning has a price. And if you don't want to play that way, don't fucking play that way. Yeah, fuck them. And you know who ain't playing at all? Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Chas Rat, Deami Brown in the Orange Bowl. So we're gonna close out on this one because we got the we got the game coming on uh, the second. The Tar Heel Nation super hype about making the Orange Bowl. I I can I I can't even get started, and this is really what the podcast is even about is getting started on shit like this. But I don't even want to about this Notre Dame bullshit. Like it's such shit that Notre Dame got to like piggyback on the ACC this year because of code Notre Dame can go fuck itself. Like those guys should be out on an Island somewhere. And, and I'm not saying that UNC should have got a shot to play in the, in the ACC championship game because, you know, we had our chance and, and, and we lost it, but it just soured me this whole Notre Dame non-conference thing. Uh, it's just bullshit. But nonetheless, the heels make the orange bowl, uh, you know, biggest bowl. Hell, I don't know. Maybe we've ever had. And, I'm torn because I'm waiting on my phone to ring and Mac Brown asking me if I can play wide receiver. I mean, little does you know, I still got a year of eligibility left. But you know, our all every everybody we got is said, "Hey, I'm hitting the draft," and you can't blame them. But selfishly, you're like, "Geez, guys, like, can't hang on one more game." Yeah, and you know, I get where they're coming from, but you know, as somebody who grew up like. Um, you know, just a fan and wanted to compete. Like, you know, it's a whole different dynamic in basketball. I couldn't imagine, you know, having a good year and then all of a sudden be like, hey, oh, by the way, you're going to play this one game. It's like a prestigious game that we're going to ask you to play in. And I'm like, okay. But, you know, there's different dynamics in football, a lot more injury prone, a lot of things can happen. Some of these guys feel like they're going to, you know, be picks or whatever like that. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you got to love the game and I'm not asking these kids to go out and play for free. I understand where they're coming from. First of all, don't get me started on NCA. The way they've handled some of these things and the way that they do things is an absolute joke. I will say that a lot of the things that the NCA does is an absolute joke. What is the benefit that these kids get from playing in this extra game? Like what, what more exposure If some of these kids had a great year and they go out and they have a bad game, they're just opening themselves up to vulnerability. NFL scouts saying, oh, this guy can't do that. If you've had a good year all the way up to this, what do you have to gain from playing in a bowl game? The NCAA, they're not going to pay you anymore. There's no extra benefits. All this does is go on these coaches' resume. So if you guys really want to make this worth something, give something to these kids 
to make them play. I wouldn't. I don't blame the kids. Like they have nothing. They have nothing to gain and all to lose. So it's hard to make that argument, especially after all the foolish things that the NCAA has done. And I'm sorry that we've gone down this rabbit hole, but there's absolutely nothing that the NCAA has done that has been smooth. This whole COVID like protocol, the COVID season, it's been a shit show. It's been an absolute shit show. We have a college, uh, you know, NCAA college football. We can't get a protocol for the whole League, I mean, we got the SEC's doing this, the Big Ten's doing this, ACC's doing this. Why, why are, why is every league doing something different? If it's, if the NCAA runs this, they should have done like this is what we're going to do. This is going to how we're doing it. We have experts, so everyone's on an equal playing field. This whole thing with Ohio State, I don't know what was going on, but it was an absolute shit show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, play five games. Yeah, and it's like, should they get in? Should they not? And you know what? What is what is Ohio State going through that North Carolina hasn't? That South Carolina hasn't? That all these schools they're all in the same league. COVID has affected every school, and so you know, to be honest with you, we put a lot of pressure on these kids to even play during this season during a pandemic, just to give people who are staying home taking quarantine seriously some some type of entertainment. But at the same point, these kids, you know. Love of the game comes into effect, but also these kids are about to step into a business and people don't realize, okay, the sport becomes, you grew to love the game of sport. And then all of a sudden you take that next step into a business and you have to do what's best for your business. And I don't see these kids doing anything you know, I don't see any, they have anything to gain. And I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash because people are going to be like, oh, no, they should do it for the pride, the university, the love of the sport. Listen, uh, they're going to go on to make a lot of money if they get drafted and what they want to do and they impress some people and they think they're going to go where they, you know, are being told they're going to go. So why play? Yeah, the love of game argument, you're exactly right, falls on deaf ears here for me in this one. Because what the fuck have they been doing the rest of the games? They're not getting paid. Don't give me the bullshit about they get an education. Fuck that. That's not what this is about. They can't get a damn pair of shoes. They can't get a. They can't get a a, a cheeseburger. You know, somebody can't buy them a cheeseburger without just ruining their risk. You know, that thing is held over their head the whole time. This whole education thing, this experiment, right? Like. Every game these kids play, every practice they play, every uh, every practice they they attend, every everything they do is for love of the game, you know. And and here's their one chance. And most of these kids, I don't know these these four guys in particular, but I know more often than not what these kids are up against is you know um, some situations that I never had to experience growing up. And this is their way out, and this is they're on the doorstep of it. And you saw it, you know, right before we got on tonight, we read the headline on ESPN that Miami's quarterback has been hurt. I don't know whether this dude was draft eligible or whatever it is. It just it just proves the point that the risk is not worth the reward. And you brought up a good point. It doesn't even necessarily take getting hurt. It could be that what if what if Michael Carter and Javante Williams go out there and the team, you know, the offensive line is just sort of like, oh man, we really wish we were in somewhere else right now. And and those guys run for 50 yards combined, and now all of a sudden people are asking questions. Whereas right now, both those guys are top first round picks you know as running backs and it's hard to be a first round pick as a running back right now so yeah man i I don't blame them one bit selfishly as a fan i just wish all these dudes were playing so we could just absolutely throttle a&m and then the question would be well damn should unc have been in the playoff um 
The answer is no, because we lost some bullshit games that we shouldn't have lost. But that's selfishly where I'm coming from as a fan is wanting to see these guys played absolutely do not blame him at all. And I know Mac Brown's on their side. He doesn't want him to play any more than they want to. Yeah. And, you know, you hit it. Uh, the nail on the head is like these guys, we can't even buy him a cheeseburger. That's how corrupt. I mean, I remember the NCAA UConn player got up there is like, listen, man, I can't even get a meal. Like the NCAA won't even allow us to have a meal. And then the NCAA, I mean, it took that to be like, okay, then the school can provide them them meals. And listen, all the people that sit out there and be like, no, this is college sport. They should do it for the love of the game. They get an education. I'm not condoning for them to get a million-dollar contracts and make this a pro sports. Hell, why can't they get a damn meal? Why all of a sudden does it take some kid to get on a platform and voice his opinion because he had the courage to say how he feels for him to get a damn meal? And a lot of these kids don't come from – you know, the best, you know, family situation or a lot of money. So I don't blame them for sitting out. They, they feel like they have a chance to make more money for their family or for the situation that they've ever come from. Well, why in the hell shouldn't they? And that's what the fans need to look at. I respect their decision. And I think everything that they've done for the university and for the football program, because I've never seen the excitement level uh, this high. UNC is somewhat always kind of underachieved and kind of been a disappointment. And I'm glad to see that Mac is back and he's brought that expectation. He's brought that enthusiasm from fans, but we can't hold these kids. I mean, you can't ask these kids if they have a chance to change their lifestyle dramatically, economically for their families and put them in a position they've never been before. You've got to look at this from, uh, you know, just a, a human perspective and a family perspective. I think I would do the same thing for my family. And I think anybody with a reasonable mind would, too. I agree with you 100 percent. And I tell you what sleep hawk worldwide is going to do for your family before this kick before this game kicks off on the 2nd of January, we are going to put. Matt Roberts, a.k.a. Mastermind, a.k.a. Sheed the Prez. We're going to put him on the lead pipe, stone cold, scorching hot, sleep hawk worldwide, absolute master lock of the week. And he's going to tell you where to put your money, and he's going to change your life. I mean, this guy's on fire. He picked the Texas game uh, before we got on about with about 15 seconds to spare before the tip-off. So hope you got those bets in uh, waiting on the edge of your seats. Cannot wait to check the score of that one. Listen, we went to college with Sheed, the Prez, uh, Mr. UNC. We can't wait to have him on the podcast. Love to see where he's getting his information information from. Uh I don't think it's from himself. I want to know his source, where he's coming from, how he's getting these picks. I'm tired of giving him my money. Tune in. It's going to be a great one. Um, it's going to be after, going to be uh, early because uh, that guy is either getting snacks or he's just dunsky after 9 p.m. So what we got right now, just an update on that, by the way. He's got a shirtless video. Uh, I think maybe um – Maybe he might, his couch might also be on fire. You can find that on Sleephawk Worldwide's Instagram. If you're not following, you should be. He says uh, Texas is, uh, at, is, is a nine point favorite. Sheeds take Texas wins, Colorado covers, and they hit the under. Doesn't really tell us what the under is. He might tell us in the video. I haven't watched it. Current situation Texas up 14 nothing. So, uh, you know, that game is in the second quarter with about seven minutes to play this is a matchup between a team that has played nine games and only won six of them in texas and then colorado who has played five games and won four of them so to uh big hawks point sheed 
Where the fuck are you getting? Oh, 14-6. Where the fuck are you getting this shit on uh <laughs> on this game of all games, man? This guy back. I mean, pretty soon we're going to be betting on the WNBA, and I'm here for it. And I know Sleep Hawk Nation's here for it, too. We keep going down this road. We'll be on high school lacrosse. It's going to be amazing. Uh, she keep it coming. Love it. All right, everybody, we are out. This is our last episode of 2020. Thank fucking God. Uh, hope you guys have a great, safe uh, uh, CDC guideline inst- instructed uh, New Year celebration, and we will catch you guys in 2021.